win or lose, are we feeling the love this morning? Well, now that we've had time to sleep on it, let's talk about it. It's time for Monday Morning Quarterback on WTMJ Now. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Happy Monday morning. This is WTMJ Now. You are not hearing the voice of one Steve Scafidi. Steve's got a Monday off. He turned it into a nice little three-day weekend, even though it was only conference championship Sunday and not Super Bowl Sunday. I am Joe Zapecki, alongside my friend Bill McCoshin. How are you doing this morning, Bill? I'm doing great. This Thanks. is not the political power hour. This is the we'll get to it, Monday Madness with yeah. Bill and Joe. I don't know. It's WTMJ now. We are going to do a little version of the political power hour in the second hour today. But we have a very special guest this first hour to talk about the weekend that was in sports because Super Bowl 58 is set. The Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers running back Super Bowl 54. Say hello to Brandon Snide. Welcome, good Brandon. Good, good to have you, man. It's good to be here. Special it's good, it's good when Uncle Morning Stevie's quarterback. gone. <laughs> Uncle Stevie's gone. We can have a little Dad's bit of fun. Away. <laughs> the boys will play. Yeah. Where do we want to start here? The, you know, I'll make my joke about you know twenty twenty four is going to be a rematch of twenty twenty on the political front and the Super Bowl front. Uh, we should start in AFC or NFC. I think you got to start in the AFC. AFC. That was game one yesterday. Yeah. Kansas City traveled to Baltimore. It was only Patrick Mahomes' second road game in what seventeen playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, walk us through it. What as expected? Surprised? I think, I think if you if you haven't yet, and I already did this. Like uh, I'm trying to think when I exactly did this. Probably last year. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. That's Oof. he is. He's the greatest. Better than Brady. He, he's better than Brady. He's only been in the, Joe. He's only been in the NFL for six. Twenty eight years old, right? And he's this made, is his fourth Super Bowl. And he's made the conference championship every six year. Six out of six years. Six out of six years every year. This was quote unquote a down year for him, and in, in a year where the AFC was up. Josh Allen was better. Lamar Jackson, un, you know, is going to win the MVP for whatever that's worth. You know, Joe Burrow obviously had a couple injuries, but like the AFC was a better conference. The Chiefs lost, you know, a little bit, or so that's what people thought. Eric Bieniemy went to Washington, their offensive right. coordinator. Travis Tyree Kelsey, Hill. you know, I yeah, Tyreek Hill. I know, you know, Kelsey's Kelsey, but like if you watch him, you're like, yeah, he's just not the same from a physical standpoint. And so, they just didn't really have yesterday. it all day. Yeah, until yesterday. He didn't really have it all year. I mean, the the team, they really didn't have it all year, but you go in against Baltimore, and I made a bet with my dad because he's a big John Harbaugh fan, and he loves Baltimore. He loves Lamar Jackson. I'm like, I will bet you lunch that Kansas City wins. And he goes, why? And I go, I will never, and I learned this with Tom Brady, (laughs) bet against Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player on any field. I think that's right. I assume Baltimore was favored, though, at home. Yeah. It was surprised. Was surprise? Actually, went to four and a half. Was it four and a half? Yeah. Did you anticipate Kansas City's defense showing out like that? Because that's what surprised yeah. me. When you think Kansas City, when you think Patrick Mahomes, you're thinking up and down the field. They'll go three quarters of the game and never have to use their punter. <laughs> and you know, I, I didn't watch much of that first game, so I'm relying on you guys. I was coaching basketball, and I'm, mm-hmm. but I'm peeking at my phone every once in a while. Like. It's the third quarter, and Baltimore's only got seven points. How did Kansas City's defense step up? Because 17 points for the Chiefs is not their usual outing. They're in the mm-hmm. 20s or 30s week in, week home. out. So how, how did Kansas City do it? Was it their defense was that dominant, or was Baltimore making mistakes? Two things. Number one, they turned Lamar Jackson into a quarterback. And kind of like what you do in Chicago, once you do that, you take away 
his say, greatest weapon. You take away his biggest weapon. Yeah. He can throw the ball. Don't get me wrong. But unless a guy's running wide open or he's breaking sack tackles and he's, you know, running around in the pocket and creating something with his feet, like he's not going to sit back in the pocket and pick you apart. Nope. And number two, Steve Spagnola has been really, really good this year. Agreed. Other than against Jordan Love, who is the only one to go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes this year and beat him. Just throwing that out there into the universe. <laughs> uh, a couple touchdowns, three touchdowns. Anyway, um, so he he had, he called a really good game, and they were down two of the you know better defender players. Chris Jones went down in that game. Felt like every other play he was going down. Their stud D tackle um, Willie Gay did not play in that game. That's a starting linebacker. So like they were had advantages all over the field, and I I don't know. Baltimore just it, it looked like. It looked like Lamar Jackson never seen a blitz before, because every time, every time Spags would bring a blitz, he wouldn't know what to do. And so, again, I didn't watch it. Late turnovers, though. Kind oh of, yeah. So the, I mean, so triple coverage, interception into the end zone. They had Baltimore was going in. They would have. I believe they would have tied it. I don't know if it was the Zay Flowers taunting penalty. The taunting penalty. Then the next play, he catches a touchdown or catches a pass. Over the middle, reaches for the for the end zone, Fumbles. and they knock the ball out. And that had that moment. It was like six minutes left in the game. You're like, yeah, that's probably it. That's probably yep. the game because they had the momentum. They were starting to grab it. They shut the Chiefs. Didn't score in the second half. That's, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. went right down right. the field before yeah. I went to practice. I saw Kelsey with the first yeah. touchdown grab. Say, how did the Ravens control the Chiefs' offense the rest of the game? And you know, what do we anticipate with a, a 49ers defense that? Has looked day and night, right? They yeah. got run. We'll get to the, that second yeah. game, but the Packers and the Lions were able to move the ball mm-hmm. against the Niner defense. What can they learn from what Baltimore was able to do in the second half? Well, I think for the Chiefs, is everything's dependent on Travis Kelsey. Like they don't have that number one guy. MVS is just. I know he caught the game clinching, of course. The one pass MVS catches is the one right? that you're like, there's no way he's catching that, and he does. And it still looks stressful watching him play, and I'm not even a Chiefs fan. Rossi um, Rice isn't a number one? No, I don't think so. Okay. But again, you don't think you need one. Like I think right. they're taking on what Green Bay kind of took on this year. Like It's, it's going to be Rice's day. It's going to be MVS's day. It's, and yesterday was Kelsey's day. When Patrick Mahomes threw that first touchdown to Kelsey, I looked at my wife, and I'm like, they're not losing. He started the game off 10 for 10. Wow. I think it was eleven for eleven. It might have been eleven for eleven. Yeah, I think it's twelve. You're, I think you're right. Yeah, his that, twelfth pass was incomplete. When he's locked in like that, it doesn't matter who who's catching the ball. And that's why I said, no matter who he's playing, I'm not betting against him. He is art. He is this modern day era of Tom Brady. He's just getting started. That's Brandon Snide. Bill McCoshin is in the studio as well, alongside myself, Joe Zapecki. What are your Super Bowl predictions? We've got the talk and text line open eight five five six one six one six twenty. Now we can't wrap up our AFC Conference Championship conversation without talking about Taylor Swift. How was the coverage? Did <laughs> was they, she there yesterday? Did they know. overdo it again? I was very surprised she was down on the field post-game. I thought that might have been a security concern. Yeah, I was, actually, yeah. I was actually a little shocked by that, too. Yeah. And I'll say this about Taylor Swift. I don't really care for the music. I don't get the hype. I don't really care if she's there. I, I think it's awesome. I think it's good think for the it's great for football. I think it's good for the game, and I think people also got to realize. And I know they're public images. I know they're superstars. They're also human. Yep. Like right. there's a human element to this. Whether you think their relationship is fake or for TV or whatever, it's probably not. And it's not our job to judge that. Like, no. right? Judge not, lest ye be judged. They're humans. Like, let her enjoy the moment. She's celebrating in the box. She looks like me in my living room. <laughs> 
I'm yelling the same stuff she's yelling. She's probably you look like Jason Kelsey. That's who you look. Yeah, like. that was me. I, I did not shirt break off any, and everything. I stopped breaking remotes and phones. <laughs> uh, I've taken a step in my life. Thank you. Very good. Did you see the post game where Travis Kelsey asked his brother, "Did you keep your shirt on?" That was the first not. thing he asked him. But that's, I mean, as in t- as entertaining as uh, Kelsey and Swift are, the Kelsey brothers sign me up for that content. That podcast is really good. By it, the way, it's so. incredible. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. Much more to come on WTMJ now. We're talking with Brandon Snide this hour. Uh, we'll get to the NFC Championship game, a little Super Bowl preview, uh, in addition to your predictions. Hey, let us know what your Super Bowl traditions are. We'll talk about how the three of us enjoy the Super Bowl when our team isn't playing in it. That's next on WTMJ Now. Welcome back to WTMJ Now. I'm Bill McCoshin, sitting in for Steve Scafidi, along with my pal Joe Zapecki and our good friend Brandon Snyden. We're talking a little bit of football. We covered the AFC Championship in the first segment. Now let's talk about the NFC Championship. Did Dan Campbell blow that game for the Lions? Of course he did. <laughs> and I couldn't be happier this morning, Bill. <laughs> of course he did. You know, I, I I had a tweet yesterday, and I took a lot of flack for it, I think amongst a lot of Packer fans, saying, how could you root for Detroit? If you're a Packer fan, I'm not telling you who to root for. I'm not fan gatekeeping it. I think that's what they call it. Like, root for whoever you want. I will not root for a divisional opponent. And when Dan Campbell decided, not once, <laughs> Bill, Joe, but twice, to go for it on fourth and, like, plus two, I think. I, like, one of them was fourth and three. Uh and not take the six points, they lost by three. See, neither of them made sense. The The first one would have put them up by three scores. Right. Right? So why not take the points here on the and road? Here, and there's the inconsistencies with it, Bill, because before halftime, what did they do? They took the three. They took the three. Took the three. Reluctantly. Right? Yeah, he, he thought about it. He thought about it, and then he put his arms up. Fourth and, you know, from the two-yard line, take the points, you're on the road. It's a three-score game at that point. You know, take it. But the second one ties the game. Why do you walk away from that, right? I mean, sure, receivers drop balls, so they fumbled, that kind of thing. But those are things you have to factor in. The odds of getting those three points in both situations Mm -hmm. were like 80%, maybe 90. Yeah. Take the points on the road. Control what you can control. And and at that moment, if you're a Lions fan, if you're you're waking up this morning, I'm not sure you ever recover from that loss, (laughs) to be quite honest. I mean, I really, I don't. Because I don't think... There's a part of Packer fandom that hasn't recovered from 2014. That was a six-point blow. Yeah. This was 17 last night yeah. uh, on the road. Well, I guess the Packers are on the road, too. But when it's... It's a lifetime of misery. When you, when you have the ability Lions as a... Fans. Yeah, if you have the ability to make it a three-score game on the road, you have to. You have to. Because that would have... I, in my opinion, that was the turning point of the game. It you, was. You, you allow, okay, it was a 14-point game still at that moment. But if you kick the field goal and you make it, now the Niners are getting the ball back... You know, probably in, in you know farther back in the in in the twenty five twenty yard line, and they're down. They're looking up at the scoreboard and they're seeing six minutes, and they're like, "Man, it's three they're squeezing the ball, right? They're getting three a scores, yeah. yeah." And they don't move the ball up and down the field very fast. No. Two plays later, what happened after they went for that fourth down? The bomb from Purdy bounces off, off his face, face mask, right? And with Bill within twenty seconds, it's a seven point game. It it made it, zero like sense to me. Yeah. Where you and I disagree is. I was okay with the Lions winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, my lifetime, they have stunk so bad. It's sort <laughs> of like wa- wanting Charlie Brown to kick the ball, right? Yeah. I wanted Detroit to kick the ball, and they couldn't do it. Lucy pulled it away, and Detroit <laughs> fans are going to suffer misery for God yeah. knows how long. You, you guys have done it. You've turned me into a Dan Campbell defender. The culture of that team and what he has instilled 
all year long for you know 17 games in a regular season for a playoff win. They have a go-for-it mentality mm-hmm. that whether it's two yards or four yards, we're going to impose our will, we're going to play our football. I, it is not an indefensible decision. It's a choice, and it turns out that you know it cost them dearly, but I don't think this one stays with them. I don't think this is a hangover for years. I think Dan Campbell woke up this morning, got back in the gym, lifted 700 pounds or whatever that guy can bench, <laughs> and is back in the lab. You're in the PR business, though. What has to happen today is his guys have to defend him. And I think they will. His guys I, I think, have because to I think, say. I think they part will. of how he yeah. built that culture was they're a go-for-it team. And throw out the analytics, throw out what everybody else is going to do. You don't take a team that's that hapless for that long and turn them around in a pretty short span of time. Right at the end of the twenty-two season, yeah. they were they got hot at the end of the year. Yeah. They come into Lambeau, yep. they deny us a trip to the playoffs, and then they just keep rolling. Building started that the season by culture, beating Kansas City. Right, yeah. takes in Kansas City takes yep. a lot. So I, I tip my backwards ball cap to Dan Campbell. He remained true to who he was in the football team that he you know coached all season long. So I, I hope no regrets. I, and I understand why people are giving him yeah. a lot of time today. I, I mean, I, I I can see your point. I completely disagree with it because I think when you're in that moment and you're on the road and you have the ability as the road underdog to make it a not one, not two, but three score game, you have to take the points. Yeah. And I know that's who they are. I know that's the, what Detroit fans like to say. Well, we're, this is who we are. This isn't October. This isn't November. You're not playing some random team on your schedule. You're playing to go to the Super Bowl. Right. Sometimes you got to adjust and go outside of your comfort zone and realize you lost by three and you left six points on the board. Did you think for a while yesterday that you were just watching a rerun of the Packers 49ers think, game? Oh, my God. Literally, from start it to finish. It was fury. Right? Yeah. Packers went up Didn't big. Didn't come alive until Lions went up yeah. big. <laughs> At halftime, Shanahan goes in there. And the Niners have not been a team Mm-mm. that have had to come from behind. They have been a really mm-hmm. front-running team. I think Absolutely. it was after the Packer game, Brock Purdy saying, listen, as long as I've been here, we've never had mm-hmm. a game like this. They've now got two in two weeks. That's sort that of unlocking a new yeah. level for that club. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about what's going to happen in two weeks with the Super Bowl rematch, Super Bowl 58, Chiefs and 49ers running it back from four years ago. That sounds familiar. You're <laughs> listening to WTMJ Now with Bill and Joe in for Steve and Brandon sticking with us. Come on back after the break. Okay. It is the Monday morning quarterback. Brandon Snide is with us, us being Bill McCoshin and Joe Zapecki sitting in for Steve. I'm sure he's listening Hope you're having a nice, lazy Monday, Mr. Scafidi. He picked the wrong Monday. Uh, well, I think once the Packers weren't playing, I think if the Packers had played yesterday, you can rest assured that Scafidi would have been in the oh, seat yeah. today, oh, yeah. <laughs> win or lose. Uh, but the Packers were not, and Steve is not here, so it falls to us to preview Super Bowl 58 for you. We got a read on the early line. I did not check it this morning. What are the two and a half? I, I think it went down to one, though. For Frisco? Down yeah. to one? San Francisco favorite. favorite. Yeah. Slightly. Slightly. Yes. And, you know, we get, what, a 13-day break here. Yeah. Um, so we get guys healthy. Both teams should be mostly healthy. And didn't really seem like any. So you were mentioning the D-tackle, Jones, for Kansas City yeah. was in and out. In and out. Um, Debo Samuel for the Niners played, uh, but he didn't look like he was hurt. He Remember, he went out against Green Bay. And right? didn't come Never back. Never returned in that game. Yeah. And then... Didn't practice up until like Saturday of this before the game, um, so it looked like he was 
mostly healthy uh, Sunday. So I think I think most team, both teams will definitely be ready to go. All right, let's go around the room. Let's make the picks early on. We thirteen days from now. Super I think Brandon's right. right. You cannot bet against Patrick Mahomes. I'm I'm taking the Chiefs and the points. Whether it's one or two and a half doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He's just too deadly to to bet against and to be honest i won both my bets yesterday i, I, I took the chiefs <laughs> he's on a heater uh, so yeah i'm on a little bit of a heater and and i took detroit and the points and yeah. so that touchdown joe at the end was critical for me <laughs> bad bad beats for people who had the uh the lion <laughs> the niners side who you got no I'm, I, he's modern day tom brady he's joe montana you know bart star whatever you want to whatever player you want to name him that's who Patrick Mahomes is. He's the best quarterback. He's he the best player. Wins. And he just wins. He was 28 he years old, and he's playing in his fourth Super Bowl. As the kids say, he's him. He's him. I don't know what the you know the spread, I think, is going to move. It's already moved in 12 hours, like twice. So I think it's going to – I think the Chiefs are going to – I think they're going to end up favoring Kansas City. Do you? I do. But just because from a uh, – if you look at both teams – I think the Chiefs' defense this year is better. The Niners' offense has been better, but I think they're going to look at Purdy making his first Super Bowl start and Mahomes in his fourth. So I think that's going to be... Becky, who you got? I got the Niners. Whoa. They have, top to bottom, the 53-man roster, they have more talent. Mahomes has basically been unbeatable in the Mm -hmm. AFC playoffs. This is his, what, his fourth Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. How many of the three Super Bowls he's been in has he won, Brandon? Two. So if there's a time to go against Patrick Mahomes, and listen, I love the guy. I love watching him play. He is the quarterback of his generation. I'm not prepared to say he's the greatest quarterback of all time just yet, Mm -hmm. but I am going to go with the 49ers. I think two come-from-behind wins, and the way that they started those games, I mean, both, both rounds. That's going to bite him, though. You don't think that's going to bite him? The 49ers are dead in a ditch. There's no way. And to be able to come back not once but twice, I don't think they start slow again. I don't think they're going to make that mistake again. Yeah. I think they're going to have so much confidence after two come-from-behind victories. I'll say this to to go against your point. The script is now on San Francisco on how to beat them. And and let's just be frank. The Packers should have beat them. I know they didn't. The Lions should have beat mm-hmm. them. I know yeah, they didn't. For sure. The script is out there on how to beat that defense. For a team that is littered with nine all-pros, they're not. They don't look very good on defense. They didn't and, like world beaters. And then yeah, there's ways to beat them. If you let me ask you this, Joe, let's say they start off slow. Let's say because that's the trend they're playing, and it's twenty-one-seven. Do you think Patrick Mahomes has given up a fourteen-point lead? All and I love Jordan Love. There's not a bigger caper out there for Jordan Love than me. He's not going to lose. I think it's less likely that the you know that. Mahomes loses a 14 point lead right. than Jared Goff does. Okay, let's, let's be clear there. But I just, hey, uh, it, at the end of the day, I'm delusional, according to a texture from the 414. So, we'll, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. We've got another one from the 414. The Kansas City Chiefs will crush the 49ers. I made my argument. I stand on it. And I know that these two gentlemen in studio with me this morning will also appreciate that my better half is a 49ers fan. And so I'm sort of obligated. To cape for the 49ers household. Okay. So how, did, how, how did things go? Like I don't know. That's, not sort of some, <laughs> that's not sort of some healthy marital great. tension, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, right? she and I share the politics. We both work in democratic <laughs> politics. So we agree on a lot of things. There is one real big thing that has uh, bit us a few times in the last few years because the Niners and the Packers keep playing. And uh, I'll say it, listeners. I told her uh, after the game, I'm not watching the Niners and the Packers playing the playoffs again with her. 
Yeah, I don't know if I, I'm popping I out. If I could do that I'm either. going to the bar down yeah. the street next time it comes yeah. around. But now that it's over, happy wife, happy life. She is a legit Niners fan. She knows her stuff. She kicked my butt in fantasy football all year. <laughs> uh, so you know what? I'm going to go with the brains in the house uh, and her lifelong fandom. And for all of the reasons I just said, I really do think yeah. it's a better roster top to bottom. You're right. Mahomes is a better quarterback than Purdy. Listen, Purdy also showed us some stuff he doesn't do a lot yesterday. The 51 yards on the ground in the second half, he looked like his brother running through yeah. the Wisconsin defense. Yeah, no, he, he definitely has. But I think when you look at it, too, from the two head coaches, like which one would you rather have two weeks to prepare? That's fair. Shanahan. That's fair. And you would rather have Shanahan? I think he's one of the best. Yeah, I disagree. I would rather have Andy Reid because Andy Reid's done it uh, and has been fair. successful at it. I, I agree. Like on, on, the, on the outside, Shanahan is really good. But he hasn't done it yet, um, and that's kind of where I'm at with Andy Reid. You're giving one of the best coaches, one of the best play callers, two weeks to prepare against a defense that now the script is out there on how to beat them. Right. Um, and if the Chiefs can run the ball like Aaron Jones did and every Detroit Lions player that touched the ball yesterday behind in the backfield, and the and the run starts working for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, he's going to put up 50 points. There's only care. there's only one question left on WTMJ now this morning as it comes to, relates to Super Bowl 58. Taylor Swift has a concert in Tokyo. That She's going to make conflict. it. She's going to make it. We might do some international dateline yeah. travel math uh, on the other side of the break. <laughs> Brandon Snyde is with us this hour. I'm Joe Zupecki. Bill McCashin as well. In the next hour, we'll get to some politics. We're going to stick with sports for a little bit longer here. Thanks for riding with us on WTMJ Now. Welcome back to WTMJ Now, the WTMJ Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620, is a poppin'. Uh, let's go to the, t- the text line. Nice save, Joe. <laughs> Wives are always right. Okay. Uh, from the 920, hmm, Joe, is your wife really knowledgeable about football, or are you just really bad? I love that. Both can be true, I suppose. Two things can be true <laughs> at the same time. you said that many times. And often are. I yeah. say it all the time. It's like a personal mantra. Uh, I am Joe Zupecki. This is WTMJ Now. Having some fun with Bill McCashin and Brandon Snide this hour. I teased it before the break. The Taylor Swift of it all. It's undeniable. you got to talk about it. We think she will figure out the international travel schedule, do a little time travel because there's an international dateline involved. She'll travel for like 20 hours, where it'll really only be? take her three on the clock. Tokyo. So right. she will yeah. make it Correct. to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Yeah, she'll probably get right on the plane right after the show. Boom. I think she can afford it. Is this going to be, because of her likely presumed attendance, the record for most watched Super Bowl of all time? I don't think there's any question about it. It will absolutely be the most watched Super Bowl of all time. And this actually splits my family. My wife is so done with Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> and you're I, all in? I'm not all in, but I am I get it. And I think she's good for football. I think she's bringing different eyeballs to the game. The NFL gets it, or they wouldn't keep focusing on her. It's been a massive win for them. So, uh, li- listen, whatever's going on between her and Kelsey looked natural and authentic to mm-hmm. me yesterday. And I think she'll be there, and I think the audience will be massive. Huge. Listen, when... The Chiefs played the Bills. Divisional round game. 40 million. 50. 50. <laughs> 50.4 million. I'm looking at it right now. 50.4 uh, million viewers yeah. for a divisional. Not that, you know, that's playoffs. It's a good game. Yeah, Super Bowl is going to be the most watched <laughs> event maybe ever. And here's how it's growing the game. Bill and I have a friend uh, in Madison, nine year old daughter, had a sleepover 
the, the night of that Bills Chiefs game. And so, you know, the, the girls are doing their thing and they go, oh, wait, can we watch football? <laughs> and our friend is going, for what? Oh, right. Yeah. See, but I, I think that's right. a good it's thing. Fantastic. I do too. Because do too. once you get them in and you're watching it and then they're starting asking, you know, hey, what does first and 10 mean? Yeah. What does it mean when he catches, you know, and then they're, oh, okay. Well, this is kind of cool. Wait a minute. I like that. Why this won't Patrick they throw Mahomes the ball to Kelsey? Is, yeah. <laughs> My dad's right. This Patrick Mahomes is the best ever behind Jordan Love. So, yeah, I want to watch it, you know. So I think it's good. I think it brings in young eyes and it brings in an audience that doesn't necessarily tune into to football every Sunday. And I think it's going to help. I do, too. And enhance listen, the game. There I, was a point yesterday where she says, she said, please stop to the camera. Yeah. There is a clip of that. She, oh. she did. Yeah. Cause, and it was on her for, like, awkward. I felt awkward watching. I'm like, okay, it's like 10 seconds. Like, you can pan off of her, like. Let her let her be. I know it's Taylor Swift, but just was this after the, like a, a Kelsey before catch? the game started? Oh man, yeah, yeah. She said, "Please stop." But yeah. I think the thing that was surprising to me is they let her on the field. I mean, she is a massive security issue mm-hmm. all by herself, right? And you would think a lot of the guys on the other team would want to get a picture with yeah. her and that kind of thing. I was shocked to see that, Bill. Yeah, I, I really was. And I don't think she's ever done that. When she was at Lambo. She came into the tunnel mm-hmm. um, by the loading dock, and she went right to the elevators. Right, and said good, two of the other girls she was with, Patrick Mahomes. Now she's wife, part of the crowd. Yeah, it's yeah. very different. They went to the field, and she went straight upstairs. So I was shocked to see her because the first thing I, I thought of because I work at Lambeau Field for broadcast games, I'm like, oof, those guys got those. They got to be stressful right now because those, that's a lot of security. Because not only do you have field security, you have her security. Right. Yep. And that's a lot of people down there. It sure is. And there was a cool moment. I don't know if you saw it, the picture between her and Andy Reid. Yeah. Where he's pointing at at her. And Andy Reid's wife's got this look like, oh, my God, that's Taylor Swift. (laughs) I told you. That's what I'm talking about. Is this like the new Spider-Man pointing meme? (laughs) Yeah. Andy Reid, his wife, and Taylor Swift. There she is. She's pointing at him. He's pointing (laughs) at her. And his wife is like, oh, my God. Like, that's Taylor Swift. So I, I, I don't mind it at all. I really don't. I... People that are upset about it, then just don't pay attention to it. She's yeah. an under, it really undrafted f- rookie going to the Super Bowl. There you she go. Does it really <laughs> affect your life, though? Like, I don't understand why we get so. If there you're are mad about this, a million oh, other things to we'll worry about to this in this world. Politics, and I know you guys People on my side it. are melting down about this. Who she's some psyops. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> it's fun. And you know what? It's going to bring more people to the broadcast than Usher. Is our halftime performance? Yeah, what are we stuck in like 2004? Because, you know, let's be like, and here's the thing. We're football fans. A lot of our listeners are football fans. There are also folks who it's just, it's the Super Bowl, and so you go to a party, yep. you make some snacks, it's the one football game you really tune into, and you're watching for the commercials, yeah. or you're watching because Rihanna is the halftime show. And let's be honest, Usher is not Rihanna. No. He's going to have to have some special guests to bring some heat. It's not Paul McCartney. Did you know who turned down the Super Bowl this year? Who? Taylor Swift. Get out of here. They asked her. Did before they, back, they were dating. Before they were dating. Did they back up a Brinks truck? Well, I think it's because of her concert, probably. Uh, she was probably like, no. But they did right. They did right. approach her. I believe it was Pepsi. Don't quote me on the on the sponsor. Because we've had Beyonce. Yep. We've had Rihanna. Well, what was it? Two years? years ago was Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg. Was that last that year? That was a weird one. I'm just going to say if, it. That was, was that last year? Look. I think that might have been last year. <laughs> it was year. last year. Yeah. I had the Black Eyed Peas when I went to Dallas. The Packers. The yeah. Pack- that was just... Bad. Yeah, <laughs> the halftime uh, show is not what it used to be. Was well, the pop star? Um, she's on American Idol now. She was one at one point. Kelly Clarkson? No, not Kenny. Not uh, she. She won American Idol. The she girl did. that's hosting it now. What's her name? Kelly? Uh, not Kelly. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Not Carrie Underwood. 
Gosh, can't oh, remember. Um, Help us out, listeners. Who's the American American Idol? American Idol host. She's in the middle. It's the female. Um, what is her name? I can see her face. I can't. She she sings the fireworks on. Katy Perry. That's it. Katy Perry. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Yeah. That's the, fire, gosh, the, the fireworks, fireworks. Remember, she was in the Super Bowl. She was riding on like the elephant, like the mechanical elephant. Katy Perry. Um, Lady Gaga came down from Lady the Gaga. Scene. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. That was really cool. Oh, we've got a helpful listener. Uh, Pepsi doesn't sponsor the halftime show anymore. It's Apple. Part of their world domination tour. It's part of the PSYOP, I'll, too. I'll take their word for it. We're going to talk about the PSYOP <laughs> later, uh, whether or not Taylor Swift is an op or maybe a Pentagon asset is what I saw. Yeah. The conspiracy theory folks are on a absolute heater. Uh, we want to know, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? Right? If the Packers had been in it, everybody's plans get scrambled. I'm sure lots and lots of Americans, more than have ever watched the Super Bowl before, We'll be tuning in. You're going to host. You're going to go somewhere. What's your go-to appetizers and snacky dues? We want to hear it on the TMJ Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. But before we let Brandon out of here, we got to talk about the new-look Milwaukee Bucks. Coach Doc making his debut as the Bucks head west. Come on back after the break. I'm Bill McCoshin, sitting alongside Joe Zapecki and our friend Brandon Snide. We're sitting in for Steve Scafidi today. We're talking a little sports for the first hour. Next hour will be the political power hour. But before we get to that, we got two more things to cover with our friend Brandon. The Milwaukee Bucks made a coaching change. Let's go to that first before we figure out Super Bowl traditions. This one sort of surprised me. They, they had mm-hmm. a... 30-13 and 13 record at the time <laughs> that they replaced the coach. It's a little unusual as a owner of a sports franchise. What that said to me is the leadership group went to the management and said, it's not working out. What's your take? Yeah, I, I think when you look at the expectations in Milwaukee, Bill, I think any coach, and, and Doc Rivers kind of talked about it on Saturday at, at his intra, introductory uh, press conference, it's an unfair job. Because the expectations are, you need to come in here and winning by ten isn't acceptable. You know, yeah. you won a championship in twenty twenty one. You have, in my opinion, the best player in basketball. Yeah, Damian Lillard's a top ten player in basketball. Your expectations are to win by twenty and to win every game. And if you don't, you're, you're going to have an angry fan base. So it's an unfair job. And I think when Adrian Griffin got hired, two things about the Adrian Griffin thing. Number one. I don't think he should have been hired in the first place to be his first head coaching job. I didn't either. To have a team, you walk into a team where you're like, it's championship or we, it's a losing season. Right. You know, like that's not fair to Griff, in my opinion. So I felt like putting him in his first coaching job, head coaching, head coaching job with those expectations was not fair. And number two, I don't think the front office was ever sold on him. I think that, I think they bought into the, what Giannis had to say about him. And I, I know Giannis, which was positive, which was positive, and I think Giannis, as innocent as he is, you know, as, as down to earth as he is, he doesn't always realize, you know, the weight of his words sometimes. Yeah. So I think that I think it was just a bad hire to, to begin. I actually wrote about it in extra points when it happened. I didn't agree with it. I thought it should have been a a veteran head coach, Doc Rivers. You know, as much as people want to go out there and be like, well, he he hasn't won in the playoffs. He, he's won an NBA championship. Like a lot of coaches can't say that. The, the other thing we got to be like honest about is. Griffin got dealt an even more challenging hand yeah, that's a good point. than the sky-high yeah. expectations <laughs> because he took you know he was hired to coach a team with sky-high expectations and an established pecking order. This is Giannis's team. It is his show. Middleton 
Brooke, Holiday, they know their role. They are there to support Giannis. And to then, what was it, four days before training camp? Yeah. Where you make a blockbuster trade and bring in Damian Lillard, a guy who has been an alpha for a long time. Mm -hmm. There's no question he's one of the best scorers in the league. These guys have egos. And there was always going to be an adjustment period to figure out how to get Giannis and Dame to work together. And I think that has been one of the like extra <laughs> challenges mm-hmm. piled on top that people who are watching are going, why aren't Dame and Giannis in a high pick and roll more often? Well, like, what are they doing? Clearly, that challenge of getting those two guys on the same page was part of this that made a, a very difficult job almost impossible and is why you probably need somebody who's coached mega superstars right. like Doc Rivers has and to one. try and deal with that. Well, and I think the firing, or I wouldn't even say the firing, when Terry Stotts quit, do you guys remember that? A I week do, that before never this, made sense. A week before the season, uh, reportedly Griffin and Stotts didn't see eye to eye. The front office hired Stotts to kind of overlook Griffin, which it felt like from the start that was a bad idea. They got into an argument at practice. Two days later, he quits. And so, like, the offense, what, what they were going to run with Stotts went out the window. Right. You know, and defensively, you know, when Griff got hired in, I believe it was June, uh, Drew Holiday was part of the interview process with Griffin. Like they interviewed, <laughs> it was crazy. it was Holiday, Brooke, Giannis, and Chris. So when Griff got hired, he's probably thinking, okay, I'm going to utilize Drew here. I'm going to utilize Drew there. That all goes out the window four days before training camp. It was just an unfair situation. But I will say this: credit to the organization for making the change, because not a lot of organizations, not a lot of ownership. Or general managers would be like, okay, yes, we're 30 and 13. Yes, we're the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, but there's clearly a disconnect. If you watch them on the court, yeah, they just, something was off. Like the, the energy was down, the offense was clunky, the rotations were weird. Like, let's not drag this out and, and waste the season. Let's yeah. go out and get the guy that we were going to get initially in Doc Rivers. And yeah, it's going to be a, a rough transition period. They're going on a five game road trip. They're starting out against the defending champs. It's going to be brutal. But let's start there, and let's just kind of nip it in the bud, and let's move forward with who we were initially going to hire. So kudos to the ownership and the front office. Here, here. Before we let Brandon get out of here, what do you do for the Super Bowl? What's I'm, the plan? I'm going to Florida. I'll be in Florida. I graduate uh, next week from from college. So my congratulations, wife, congrats. Thank Pres- you. Presumptively, don't blow it with like your last exam. Yeah, I got right? one more. Yeah, I got <laughs> one more one more thing to do. But uh, so we'll be down in Florida. Um, we're going to be on the beach there in Daytona Beach. So I'm going to be watching it. Hopefully from. But- Seaside. Okay, if you if you were at home, no kids. If, that might that's bad. even okay, better. Even better. Brandon even better. Snide has already won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, right. If I <laughs> right? here's the thing, though, and warm I, and temperature with sun. I need you sun? guys. I need you guys to bring this up in the next hour because this is the more important thing for politics. We need a federal holiday the day after the Super Bowl. I'm for it. I'm for it. Why is that not a day? Well, we'll come up. We'll, we'll get a lobbying campaign <laughs> right? ready to go. From the left and right. That's right. Because it, it ends way too late. It all starts late. right here. It ends way too late. I mean, it doesn't start till like 5 p.m. our yep. time. It's an hour and a half halftime show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the And game, everybody's been at it since noon. Everybody's been at it since noon. And then you're telling people they got to work the next day. I, I, just, I think it needs to be a federal holiday. Brandon Snide weighing into there politics, folks. <laughs> That's it. the Monday morning quarterback. <laughs> Bill and Joe will be back next hour. We'll get into our politics and the political power hour. I have a, a, a strong suspicion that immigration is going to chew up a lot of this you conversation. Yeah. So come on back. Uh, you're listening to WTMJ now.